Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, as always, joined by Mike Coscarelli. Thank you, Mike. Hey, Ben. All right, today's guest is Shakir Stanley. Thanks so much for being here, Shaq. No problem. Cecil, he's a lion. He was murdered by a dentist. And, of course, it was a dentist. Dentists are sadists. They're terrible people. They pull teeth for a living, and they can't get enough of watching human beings suffer. So why wouldn't he go to Africa, to Zimbabwe? and watch a lion do the exact same thing that he does to humans right here in America. What do you think about the Cecil the Lion situation? From this perspective, Shaq, Uh, there's a lot of people in Minnesota, specifically white people, and a lot of middle-aged women, and they hold up signs that they say, and they say, I am Cecil, and I say, you're not Cecil. Cecil was a lion. You're an empty nester. As a black fella in America who is often hunted by police... (laughs) Do you think it's a little more? Do you think it's a little offensive that these women now are coming out and saying they're a lion as opposed to someone like Samuel Du Bois uh, or or Sandra Bland or Sandra Bland? Uh, I think or it, Michael Brown. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it says a lot when uh, or Eric Gardner. So, when do we stop? Yeah, you can keep going. Uh, no, it is. First of all, I made it a point not to pay attention to uh, this lion shit. Because I was pretty engrossed in the the black people that were getting killed, right? And uh, yeah, it says a lot that these women are they're they're putting up I am Cecil posters and they're not putting up I am Sandra Bland posters because Sandra Bland is a human, right? 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 Uh, and of course, they can relate more to a Zimbabwean lion yeah. than a black gal uh, living here in America, yeah. You know, to one, to, I, I, under, I understand their point to some degree when these women say, I am Cecil, uh, because they're hairy. No. And so was Cecil the lion, thank God, because that helps him keep warm. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Although I think Zimbabwe is fairly warm to be Pretty with. hot. Pretty right. hot. Actually, uh, I didn't really know any details about it until uh, I got here. And I actually thought, we, we talked about this, I thought the dentist killed the lion for the, for the lion's teeth. Which I think is adorable, because he's just a dentist, so he's always thinking teeth. Yeah. He can't get enough of it. He's uh, he's like the character from Django Unchained that was played by the great actor. What's his name? Uh, Christoph Waltz. That's correct. Yeah. Christoph Waltz. You know, he's just everywhere he goes, there's a tooth on the top of his head. He can't stop thinking about the damn stuff. Yeah. But no, he went over there to hunt. Uh, to hunt um, for any lion, they just happen to kill Cecil. They want to get their heads, and that's the big trophy that they all claim to be so uh, important. You know, the thing about this thing with, uh, what's his name, Walter Palmer. I want to say his name is Walter Palmer. Uh, I know for a fact his last name is Palmer. You know how they got the lion out, Jack? How? They tied, they, they were walking around, and they found, I believe it was a giraffe, maybe an elephant, and it was dead. So they tied this creature to the back of a pickup truck, and then they just trolled around the park, knowing that at some point, Cecil the lion or any lion was going to come and uh, and want to eat this food. And then they shot it with basically an automatic uh, you know, bow and arrow, which is easier to shoot than a load looking at porn. Yeah. Um, it is, it's extremely simple to kill an animal. These are not even these are not, a, not the bow and arrows from the Jungle Book era. These are these are glorified semi-automatic weapons that just happen to not be armed with bullets, but with arrows instead. So, and I said this joke on Fox News' Red Eye, and I'm going to say it again right here. I think I've done more dangerous hunting in the freezer section of a Wawa. And boom, did that explode the internet. That's the funniest joke we've ever heard, Ben. 
But do you think that this Cecil story has been overblown and is overshadowing more important issues in the country? Oh, of course. Of course, man. It's uh, it's just a distraction. It's just a distraction from uh, the terrifying things that are happening in America. So, you know, it, it it's working. It is uh, it is working very well uh, on idiots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think reasonable, intelligent people are concerned about where America is going. Uh, and I think it's a bigger issue than race. I think uh, legally uh, there's consistent evidence of police just that they're just going crazy. Right. Like, and it's going to, I don't think it's going to get real until they're consistent white people getting uh, abused Mm -hmm. and having their rights violated by police. And I don't, I don't think that's too far away i think well i think the police are definitely violating uh civil rights all over the country including white people i mean they're absolutely out of control ever since 1991 when they were allowed to get militarized weapons uh in order to uh fight the war on drugs and then obviously after 2001 when the government orchestrated 9-11 and then they uh, were allowed to get more money to defend against terrorism these police forces are more armed um, than than drug cartels are in Mexico or than John Rambo was in the movie Rambo. So I totally agree with you. And they are taking over. Um, they have far too much power. They're untrained idiots with military equipment. Yeah. That cannot be a recipe for success. No. But you know what? I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's anything new. I think just because of the times we live in, where there's everybody is filming everything. Right. It's more evident to to see them like blatantly uh violating or or abusing their power so i don't think it's anything new though so you make a good point about the filming and i want to talk to you about that because walter palmer he would have been in zero trouble no trouble at all but much like a moron criminal who robs a bank and then brags about it on instagram he He did the exact same thing he took a picture with cecil the lion smiling and i will say to his credit great teeth Hell of a dentist. One of the best (laughs) sadist dentists uh, I've I've ever seen. I mean, this guy can really clean a grill, but uh, he can also murder creatures that people love and admire. And uh, with the Ray Tensing situation when he shot Samuel Du Bois, uh, that was in Cincinnati, Ohio. I was in Cincinnati, Ohio to go see the Kids in the Hall perform. Oh, wow. In 2001, true story, we were a year late. The website said 2000. We didn't read that far. We drove all the way down there from Menominee, Wisconsin. Is that serious? This is a true story. Oh, my God. I went down there with my friend Pete, great alcoholic buddy of mine from college. He's now an evangelical uh, Christian, and I think he's doing fine. And uh, so we were there in 2001 in Cincinnati during those uh, right before the race riots really exploded, and the tension was palpable, and you could really feel it. So Cincinnati has a history of um, racial uh, unrest, although I think the city— from what I can understand, has made some very, very good steps in the right direction to um, incorporate police into the community and to to uh, sort of um, ease tensions and uh, to actually have community-based policing. Yeah. That's why the prosecutor in Cincinnati was so livid with this doughy-eyed, white, unbelievably like, yeah, I, I just like to have two hot pockets and go to sleep. <laughs> you know, he's just this kind of guy who was just like, I, I play FIFA, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, 
I don't know how video games are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what people are doing. You know, he's just the most pathetic-looking white dude of all time. He's probably listening to, uh, you know, um, what would like what maybe a musician named Orville. Boz Skaggs? Maybe a oh, but Boz is so good. This okay. is the thing. I, we might actually have. I might like some similar music to Ray Tensi. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Some good old Waylon or something yeah. like that. But he's just such a traditional small town looking hick yeah. of a boy, and he looks innocent. And his mugshot makes him look as if he's never done anything wrong, even swat a fly, uh, regardless of the fact that he has a large, a long history. Of 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 uh, racial abuse. So, but now he was on camera. Yeah. And without this body camera, the uh, the story that the officer that his that his partner had uh, collaborated with him on with you know he was dragged by the car and all this nonsense, he would have gotten off with it completely. So Jesus. if it wasn't for the body camera, then Samuel Du Bois would have just been another thug who was killed by an officer because that officer was endangered for his life. I think all hell would have broken loose. If he had not been charged, I think, I think it would have been uh, pandemonium because they they were saying before the tape was released, they were saying that that it is so clear that he's in the wrong, right? That people would have been livid, uh, black people would have been livid and just burned the city down. Right, 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 right. But without the recording, without the picture taken by Walter Palmer and without the without the um, body cam footage of the officer, none of these stories would have been exposed. So do you think right now we're living in a time, uh, let's go just like with, with like Cecil. Let's just say like with big game hunting. Uh, Ricky Gervais is like extremely against it. He's always on Twitter blasting people and he's being snarky and he's being witty. And then he's also just like, and watch me play that Down Syndrome character on the Netflix special. <laughs> Don't kill elephants. Watch me play that Down Syndrome boy, um, which is pretty much all Ricky Gervais tweets about. But rightfully so. I think big game hunting is pathetic. Play it in a video game. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, what do you think about people taking pictures of their actions? Do you think we're over-recorded? We're, over, uh, we're, we're over-publicized? Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm, not on, uh, I'm not on Instagram. I rarely tweet. I don't like the idea of, of exposing my life in that capacity like i think we just live in a time where people they it makes them feel good Mm -hmm. to get those likes and those you know retweets and those files and it means nothing right it's it's absolutely meaningless and uh but we just it's the culture it's the culture of society today and uh i'm i'm lucky i'm i'm older and i kind of missed that that wave that would have allowed me to be excited about you know internet fame uh, right yeah no it's disgusting stop it vine stars internet star uh you know twitter stars instagram stars i mean we've had a lot of guests on uh, a lot of guests on here who really utilize the internet and they it helps them uh you know propel themselves uh, you know throughout their career and uh, a lot of times they can get writing work through it but you don't uh you don't subscribe to that sort of philosophy when it comes to entertainment and comedy specifically um, not really. It doesn't, I mean, you know what, at this point, no, but things might happen that kind of force me to be a little bit more involved. But it, even if that is the case, I, I'm, I'll i be very careful about what type of things I put on social media because I'm, I'm an incredibly private dude. I don't, yeah. I don't want, uh, my life 
I don't want it. I just I don't think people need to know what you're doing every hour of the day or what your thoughts are or it's not necessary. It's cool to have some type of mystery about you, you know? Yeah. I don't know, Shaq. I kind of want to know what you're up to. You know, where are you hiding the body, Shaq? <laughs> you might be a serial killer the way you're talking. Hey, man, I got secrets. I know you do. Mostly sexual. But, oh, yeah. uh <laughs> What's your third biggest sexual secret? Uh, I like I like to uh, bring a third party into the bedroom. Uh, oh, look at sandwiches. Oh, I love a good sandwich yeah, sexual man. threesome. Yeah, that's great. That's I, I always have sex that way. I got a pizza and I got a sandwich, and I say, "Pizza, you're the girl." <laughs> sandwich. I'm not sure what you are. We'll find out later. That's what I'm about, man. A lot of food stuff. A lot of food fetishes. Yeah, you like the food stuff. Yeah, man. I'm all about it as well. I can't, uh, you know, there's a great Seinfeld episode where Jason Alexander's character, I'm forgetting the name of the character, actually. George Costanza. George Costanza. I can't believe I remembered the actor <laughs> that nobody really knows, but not the character that is uh, known all over the world. That's just how my brain works. Uh, he brought in a sandwich into the bedroom, and it looked like it was a great time. Yeah, maybe that's why I got it. So as a private person, you like to be in control. That's what I would assume, right? Because that was my biggest thing with social media, throwing a tweet out there and just having everybody judge it, everybody fave, not fave, not retweet, uh, block you, unfollow <laughs> you. You're in no control to explain yourself. You, you don't get to really, and I don't tweet fight. I'm, I'm not about Twitter it's wars. Dumb. It's dumb. It's time consuming. And quite frankly, I've got a whole series of different, um, uh, well, mostly drinking coffee. But yeah. I don't like to tweet, fight, and drink coffee. Yeah, you know. But I've got coffee to drink. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a busy fella, and uh, I gotta finish jerking off to Orange Is the New Black. I can't get enough of incarcerated women. They're amazing. I've never seen that. I saw a couple of episodes. Hot stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Mike does not agree. Mike does not like any woman. Natasha Leone. I haven't watched the show, but mm -hmm. I've seen some promos. They're, they don't. Not, they don't seem to be my style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some yeah. of them. There's a couple. Good They're not anorexic. Uh, that's what you're saying. I do like skinnier uh, girls, yes. Healthy <laughs> women. So is that the reason why? Because you like to be in control and you're concerned that if you throw out too much information, people know too much about you, and then all of a sudden you're uh, you're going to lose track. Well, one, I think uh, I think it's overexposure. I like – okay, so my dream is to kind of reach a point in comedy where – you know, maybe I have my own TV show or, you know, I'm, I'm on tour and I want my stand up or whatever I'm doing comedically to be so interesting that it I don't need the other shit. I don't need the I don't need people to know what I'm like as a person. There's so you would never do a reality show? No. Even though you're now up on the, uh, I can say that you're on the next season or this yes. season. Yes, I'm okay. On this season, the last so, comic um, yes, Shakir Stanley is on this season's of uh, this season of Last Comic Standing. Make sure you check out for him. So, uh, you know, look out for him. Um, so, when you went out for Last Comic Standing, obviously we had Mark Norman on a few uh, episodes ago, and he was discussing how the producers manipulate a lot of your actions, a lot of your activities are manufactured, and um, and they can kind of cut you to look any which way. Are you at all concerned that they're going to make you look completely different than who you are not really man because i didn't really do too much man like I, I while we were taping like waiting in the the green room i was pretty quiet man i didn't do any anything too outlandish uh, I, I may have gotten silly like once or twice but 
And what does it look like when Shakira Stanley gets silly? Uh, well, if you actually, if you, if you um, go to the last comic website, there's like back behind the scenes stuff, and um, there's one called uh, Accordion Rap. Mm. Where I'm these these two comedians, one comedian I forgot his name, but like that's his thing. He does stand up with an accordion. Oh, and, that's uh, great! And, and you got along with this guy. I don't know him that well. Can I say it sounds like the worst idea ever? <laughs> Can I just say I don't want to be mean? Maybe he's a very funny guy. I don't know, but accordion comedy. Hey man, there's a there's a lane for everybody. I agree. Uh, but so he was playing, and there was another comedian who was rapping along with uh, his accordion. And I was like, you know what? I am going to disrupt this because I don't like it. So right. uh, I would just w- walk in front of the camera uh, while they were p- playing and pose. It was essentially the the it was their segment, and I ruined it right. uh, with okay. with my unnecessary posing and um, distracting faces. And uh, that type of stuff. Nothing so, too crazy. Actually, you know, it's funny because I was in, I was going to make a joke that it seems like your like silly time would involve you like staring at everybody and slowly licking a knife, <laughs> and uh, you know, as your as your tongue bleeds dripping down your chin and uh, and hits the floor and you laugh and you laugh and laugh and you just be like that Shaq being silly. And I wasn't that far off. <laughs> no, that's what's so phenomenal. You just you went and nice. just ruined the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Nothing too crazy. Well, there's no way they can make you look bad if you just went there and ruined all the shots. But it was, but it was, it was whimsical. It was like, it was like cute. It was like, oh, yeah. I'm in the background, uh, ruining their t- their time on the camera. But it was, it was fun though. I'm sure that they loved it. <laughs> I'm sure they described it as whimsical as well. Hey, I was man. just on Red Eye, like I mentioned earlier, and I was on with Ann Coulter, and she just talked. Uh, she talks a lot, and uh, she doesn't believe she doesn't love Mexicans. Oh wow! And uh, I'm going to describe her performance as whimsical as well, <laughs> because I wasn't able to speak for the first ten goddamn minutes when I had some very very strong jokes to tell, uh. mostly about peanut butter. Oh yeah, mm, okay. I love I love the food stuff. Yeah, you have a lot of different food material, yeah. and you go on stage. One of my favorite things you do is you have a very uh, aggressive persona on stage. Obviously, it's a it's an act, and then you talk about extremely mundane, comical. <laughs> dare I say, Jim Gaffigan? Ask only if Jim slightly less edgy yeah. than Jim Gaffigan. That's how far the uh, the the uh, joke goes. He's he's one of my uh, biggest influences. He's actually. His album, Beyond the Pale, was the first comedy album I ever bought, and that's how I kind of got interested in doing stand-up. Hmm. So, yeah, that's a pretty accurate uh, assessment. I'm 34 years old. Where are you at? Uh, I kind of don't want to say. Oh, you're you know, a lady now? I am. Why can't you say you're... What's, no, we need to claim our age. Hollywood stuff, man. Oh, Hollywood's bullshit. Hollywood's dead. Hollywood's Boston. Hollywood's in Atlanta now anyway. I'm 34 years old. My birthday is July 21st, 1981. Are you two years over or under that, Shakir <laughs> Stanley? I got to keep some mystery. Shaq is 39 years old, no, everyone. That's not true. 39 but, uh, years old. Well, they're not going to know. I've been told I can pass for 26. So. It doesn't... You really can't... You're not going to say... You can't say your age. I feel like we need to get rid of the whole age thing. Well, Older women are more attractive. Mike was just banging a 33-year-old. Yeah, it was great. Here's the thing, though. Hollywood is ageist. Hollywood is everything, but Hollywood is also obsolete because... I don't think it is. Oh, absolutely. A vi- Hollywood goes to the internet to find their talent, then they pluck them out. I mean, it doesn't really matter. 
uh, you know, Hollywood, the idea of I'm going to make you a star, kid. It's like, no, you're going to make yourself have lung cancer because you're sitting in a, uh, the back room of a bar chain smoking. You know, it's like the whole idea that Hollywood is somehow a star maker is a, is a myth. You know, you work hard. You do all the work. Then they come and you allow them to have some of your talent, and then they, mon- they, are, they are able to get a monetary gain off of it. You can make millions and millions of dollars without ever having a manager, an agent, or anything like that. You can do it all on your own. All right. Shakir Stanley is <laughs> 20 years old. He's 20 years old, everybody. We're going to get to the bottom of this age gate. Shakir Stanley age gate. I can't get enough of this. Yeah. Hey, man. See, now, now see what being What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Uh, big fan of Tom and Jerry. <sighs> Timeless. It's a diplomatic answer. Yeah, hard yeah. to tell. I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah, I'm gonna figure it out. That's all right. We, we'll move on. We'll get to the we'll get to the age. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you off air, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a real Linda trip. <laughs> I might be recording it. <laughs> Would you eat a lion if there was absolutely nothing else to eat? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah, go for it. What do you think about? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, in general, um, you're right. I think Hollywood uh, Hollywood is ageist. It is sexist. We had Mark Normand on, and he was discussing for his season of Last Comic Standing, which is that also this season? He, or was it last season? It was last, last season. season. Last season. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, he was saying the producers walked into the room, white women, they were Cecil. And they were talking about how uh, this year, sorry, whites, we're going to skew urban. Was there any situation like that with with this season of Last Comic Standing? Did they tell you which angle they were going to be going? We're going weird. We're going nerdy. We're going to go with accordion comedy. No, at least with me. I, I didn't get any of that. Um, they just liked the fact that, like, I did it last year, too, and they just liked the fact that I was uh, different. You yeah. Know, I, I, did, I didn't really do traditional set up punchline jokes i just had one long bit about churros right and i think that's what i mean that's the, that's the tape i sent to them and that's what got me on the show is because they're like oh this is he's like a crazy black guy um not even crazy i, I don't think it would have mattered if i don't it, i don't think it would have mattered about me being black i just think the fact that i spent m- most of my time talking about churros was was just great tv yeah I think, oh my God, I could watch Shakira Stanley talk about Cheerios for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah. I would love it. Yeah. But no, my experience uh, wasn't like that at all, man. I, I, I got nothing but positive things to say, man. It was great yeah. meeting Wanda. Mm-hmm. Like, Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes. Love Wanda Sykes. She's incredible. She, yeah. She's still a really, really great stand-up. Uh, and she uh, she was she was great, man. She, she's, she gave me some, you know, tips and... And uh, it was just cool to finally get to get a chance to meet her for mm-hmm. a little bit. And no, man, I my experience was great. I think, what were some of the tips that Wanda gave you? Because I'm sure that they can help other listeners who want to get into comedy as well, or uh, you know, achieve success at any one of their jobs. If we go into a little bit of Wanda's past. Um, you, you and I were talking outside of the creek in the cave, uh-huh. and I did not realize this. She used to work for the NSA. She did. She 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 worked for the NSA for a little bit. She I think uh, if you, I listen to her, can I talk about another? podcast of course yeah I don't care. uh but yeah if you listen to her wtf um she she used to buy and sell like military equipment right uh which is really interesting she's the oliver north of of comedians yeah <laughs> it's 
incredible. Just to go from that to stand up uh, just makes her uh, really interesting. And right. the her being a lesbian, she just has a, she just comes from a very unique place. Right, and being black, so like I feel like I really identify with her. And so, what was the tip that she gave you that that just, really helped you? Just um, I had a joke that had a similar rhythm to a another joke and she just she just told me uh just to change it up and um that was it wasn't for the for the most part she really liked my my set but she just told me to change one little thing just right change one word and then you did that and it worked out better for yeah. you yeah do you think there's any uh judges there? i mean you know people are always judging comedy and things like that and people are always like well, maybe you should do this and most of the time they're completely wrong and they're just talking because they've had too many pbrs bud lights or martinis depending on how successful they are in uh show business i would say the most successful people drink bud light because they don't want to come across as if they matter that's how they secret that's how the secret industry works <laughs> i know all i know all the tricks have you gotten any uh, advice in, uh, about stand-up, especially with the, your style? Just like you got to change it because this is just not going to work. And uh, you knew you just knew they were all bullshit. Um, my brother told me I should be more like Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like Kevin Hart. <laughs> you and Kevin Hart. I can't tell you two apart. Unbelievably similar character. Yeah. Uh, similar acts he has no connection to comedy or entertainment whatsoever yeah uh, but he was like look i like kevin hart so you should probably do more jokes like kevin hart does it's a good idea and I was you like, should get a movie in the movie theaters yeah that would be awesome that get on was, tv yeah, yeah yeah i'll get my own special too i'll get my own yeah. hour and uh i'll just do what kevin hart does i and, think that's uh, a great idea hey man you know uh but other than that no nobody really um Nobody really has tried to get me to change. Uh, Wanda actually um, liked the fact that I don't do traditional setup punchline yeah. humor. Um, you think it's a good time for black comedy? Uh, Not black comedy, black people in comedy, because it's definitely universal. You yeah. know, there isn't the um, there isn't much of a segregated crowds. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I do think guys like Kevin have kind of like led the way to making like you can be a black comic and be uh ubiquitous right like you can you can have a, a large following that's multicultural i think some something similar happens with hannibal mm -hmm. where it, his audience is actually and this is changing but but there was a point in time where his audience was pre predominantly white people right um and why do you think that is uh, I don't know. Uh, he's kind of a left leftist comedian. He's kind of absurd stylistically. He's different, um, but he's just a great joke writer. Right. Uh, I think. I, I honestly have no idea. Do you think man. he uh, helps white people feel less racist, less guilty because now they have a black friend? <laughs> I'm not racist. I watch Hannibal on Comedy Central. There's no way I could be racist. But you know, Ray Tensing did have a good point. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. He's just a funny dude, man. Right. And he's just a good joke writer. And um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, but I think I think he is kind of like crossing over to black people now. Mm -hmm. I've seen. So interesting. So a lot of times, you know, I know like um, 
uh, Lil Rel, who was on Friends of the People, yeah, he's hilarious. the great show on True TV, he was famous in the black community for quite a while. Yeah, uh, He's had multiple specials, and now he's starting to cross over um, to white audiences, yeah. which I know I was talking uh, with him a little bit on the shoot. It's uh, It obviously opens up a much larger market. Yeah. But Hannibal sort of had the more, of, and I think uh, possibly for you as well, hmm. a little bit more of an inverse of that. Huh? Yeah. Um, I, uh, one of the things I think that may be the reason for that is I know my comedy is not instantaneous laughter. It's like there are times where I, where I, where I build a bit Mm-hmm. And kind of like take the audience, you know, with me, albeit through character work or storytelling. And I feel like when you do urban rooms, um, a lot of times they want laughs in like immediately. Right. Like they don't want, they're, they're like, we paid money. We want you to make us laugh right now. Do so, you like doing urban rooms? Um, I. I don't do too many. I, I don't think I've done enough to say whether I like them or not. Like, I've done the one experience I had uh, that stands out. I, I did uh, Mocha Mocha Mondays okay. in Harlem. And I did. I tried to do character work. Oh, okay. And oh, boy. How'd that oh. go for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they do not like that. They, uh, they, uh... It wasn't awful. It wasn't atrocious. Like I've seen. Yeah. What was the most offensive thing somebody yelled at you while you were trying to do some character work at Mocha's at Har- in Harlem? They didn't. The, I mean, the worst thing was silence. Ah, uh, yes. Um, but I've had com- comedian friends who also tried uh, at Mocha, and they got like church funeral music mm-hmm. played on them like two minutes in. That sounds like a good thing. Uh, that's bad. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the soundtrack that always goes through my head whenever I do stand up. Uh, is always just nice, beautiful organ music. So I agree. Uh, you know, um, black comics are, are crushing it. Um, well, you know, not all of them, but uh, there's a lot of very, very successful ones. And uh, let's talk a little bit about Bill Cosby because that happened. The New York, uh, New York Magazine, New York Magazine, not New Yorker, not New York Times. New York Magazine got all the. All of the ladies that have come forward, I believe yeah. there's 45 women that have come forward wow. um, accusing and most likely telling the truth. Um, I don't know about all 45, but if if three are lying, 42 yeah. is still yeah, pretty way, bad. Way too many. Um, and, you know, Bill Cosby was a world traveler. He went all around to Brazil. I mean, these places where there's a lot of beautiful women. So, I mean, the, the rape count is in the hundreds. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, and a lot of people didn't want to take him down uh, spe- uh, specifically in the um, black community because he was the face of black comedy and what they what they did with the Cosby show was so um for the it was it was so unbelievable yeah they can be doctors and he, the father's home with the kids I mean that's how <laughs> racist the country was the fact that he had a job Ugh. was just like so unbelievably progressive that's how bad you know I think we've come far away what do you think as far as uh that doesn't overshadow the successes that have happened now i think black comedy or black people in comedy are bigger than than uh than cosby yeah uh i mean the only thing i can say is why now right instead of and i believe it was 2005 Mm -hmm. when a lot of these women made made the allegations like 
this it it shouldn't have taken 10 years for this to happen like if he's a terrible guy and and he's a rapist of course he should he should be uh ostracized and you know but it shouldn't have taken this long well i mean the first uh i be- i mean in the, there's a great very interesting YouTube clip. Bill Cosby had a, a comedy uh, album, and it's called "It's True, It's True," and uh, he did a bit all about Spanish, Spanish fly. fly, yeah, I which know is that. which is the drug that was used, um, you know, that was given to a lot of these women that would then make them pass out, and then he would I don't even know uh, do a whole series of disgusting random licking and things like that. Uh, so you know, the first accusations go all the way back to the '60s. I think the first woman in this uh, in the '45 that was way back in 1971. Wow. So do you think it's because um, what 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 do you think made him so Teflon? Why do you think he was able to have it prolonged for this long? Because now, of course, your argument or your statement—I don't think it's your argument—but uh, you know, why did it take so long? Is kind of you know, it's kind of a defense now. I don't. I, you know, I don't think people wanted to believe because Mm. he's kind of built this persona of being the clean family oriented comedian right and so we held a lot of people held bill cosby at a different standard because right because they're like oh he's 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 a funny guy, but he's funny without being vulgar. And he was able to get, to get acceptance by the white community by um, traditional by dressing tr- more traditionally white yeah. sweaters, no baggy pants, all this insanity. Yeah. So white people were able to sort of be like, he's he's similar to he's just like I am Cosby. Yeah. You know, they were he was able to get a little sympathy. Yeah. And and like you said earlier, he's done a lot of really positive things for the black community but he's also been very critical right and i think that was when because hannibal is essentially the one who kind of reopened this whole thing by with the with the joke right uh but his criticism was cosby was incredibly you know judgmental of poorer or or lower lower poor black people yeah when, in terms of telling them like pull your pants up and blah 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 dude you can pull yourself up and but he he's a rapist right so you can't you can't be judgmental of people who are not where you're at uh economically or socioeconomically and then be a rapist so now who's complicit in this because you know 30 rock they were doing jokes about bill cosby for they had a couple of jokes over the years do you think it's the fact that hannibal was black then we were able to be like well we're not being racist because a black guy said it so it must be true yeah uh i guess i could i could go with that but i think it's also because he at the time he was just kind of like he was a really hot buzzing comedian in new york and it just captured everybody's attention when yeah the, i guess it, it really is relevant that he is a black comedian criticizing another black comedian well then you get the then you get the race because white people are so unbelievably stupid and you know in general this country is so ridiculously um the way we discuss race in this country is so ass backwards and 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 uh counterproductive yeah. it's ridiculous so i yeah i don't i think that a lot of people if it was a white comic or any other you know whatever but ethnicity you know, would have been like well i think they're just being racist towards bill cosby huh. so if louis ck would have said it i don't think it would have gotten nearly the traction i really don't it's hmm. interesting
I really don't. Also, it doesn't really apply to Louis C.K., right? Because the criticism that uh, that Hannibal was laying upon uh, Bill Cosby in, in its uh, the base was about clothing, was about pull up your pants, yeah. was about, uh, yeah, like you were saying, with the socioeconomic classism uh, that Bill Cosby, who has been wealthy now for so many years, he has no idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if he has no idea. Um, I don't know his personal experiences, but I don't think he's been in uh, poor communities more than for driving through right. uh, in about 50 years, yeah. you know. So, um, so that's so. I think that also played into the um, played into the strength of Hannibal's argument, being like, "Don't why are you telling me to pull my pants up? You're a rapist." Yeah, yeah, it it, it is a valid criticism. Like, uh, yeah, it's great. It is atrocious, and uh, you you can't be judgmental with people in that capacity if you are raping women. So, yeah, right, makes sense. Makes sense to me. It's a crazy story, though. It's a—I mean, he's really—it's our version of Jimmy Saville or Saville, the uh, the man in the UK who, after he died, he was the most popular radio personality, tel- television personality. He used to go to uh, you know children's hospitals and t- uh, talk to all the kids. Turns out he was molesting all oh, of them. Geez. He was a molester, and uh, after he died, it was a post mortem thing. Uh, everyone found all this out. There's a huge sex ring. Scandal, child sex ring scandal going on right now in the UK that's going all the way up. You know, Margaret Thatcher knew about it, you know, members of of parliament. But Bill Cosby now has to live. He's alive for this scandal. What do you think he should do? If I was him, go to Uruguay. Go do exactly what the Nazis had to do after you were, you know, if you were in Germany and you were a Nazi, go to South America. Go retire. I actually have a bit about about this. It's where, um, well, I think the way Cosby can jumpstart or, or restart his comedy career is if he uh, sheds the clean, the clean family friendly mm. humor and just, just goes for dirty stuff, you know? Uh, right. Uh, I have a character called uh, Def Jam Bill Cosby. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, Bill, with your lightning, hmm? You know, when you two were getting intimate with the kissing and the rubbing and the feeling and the touching, and she says, she says, Bill, I think I'm in the mood for one of your jello pudding pops. So you give another jello pudding pop, and she's loving it. And you can tell that she's loving it because she starts making the faces. You know the faces that I'm talking about. And then I proceed to make an O-face as Bill Cosby. I love it. That's a visual joke. That's an amazing Bill Cosby uh, impression. Thank you. You're nailing it. You crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. Dare I say, Shakira Stanley, you're the next Bill Cosby. <laughs> That's great. Remember oh. that? You remember that used to be like a compliment. Like, you're, you're, I think you're the next Bill Cosby. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not. Nothing to do with me. Uh-uh. It was a compliment until like a, a couple of months eight ago. Months ago. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Nah, man. That's Shaq. Shaq Stanley. That's right. And of course, you can catch Shaq on Last Comic Stand. It's Wednesday, actually. This Wednesday. Yeah. What time does that show air? Uh, I believe 9 p.m. here on the East Coast. What do you think about the competition angle of the arts? Is it good? Is it good for stand-up to have people going against each other as if we're battle bots? I'm not a machine. I'm a person. Um, 
typically I would say no, but I think within the grand scheme of things, I think the show is really important because it's the only show uh, on primetime television that highlights stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. So I think that outweighs the fact that it's there's a competitive aspect to it. Um, you know, it's TV. They it ha- there has to be drama. You know, mm-hmm. it, it can't just be well. Here's stand up. Uh, all right, that's that was stand up. All right, see you guys next week. There has to be something, a hook to make people uh, invested emotionally. And so, if you have a favorite comedian in this competition, you you want to pull you you pull for them. You want to you want them to win so that they they do well and it changes their life. So you know, it's TV, man. You got you got to play the game. Got to play the game. Got to play the game. Any chance I can get on it this season? Um, uh, this season, no. They already cast it, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next it's, next season, if they bring it back, I I would uh I I put a call in. All right. Yeah, that'd be great. Call Wanda. Sure, I don't have her phone number, but uh, you don't have her number. <laughs> yeah. Well, she used to work for the NSA, so I'm sure I'm pretty sure she has mine. Oh yeah, she knows everything about you, man. Yeah, she totally knows who you are. Quick update on Cecil the Lion. His cousin Jericho has been murdered. Jeez. Jericho has been murdered as well. I am Jericho. I'm not. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. I give a damn about these lions, man. You don't care. No. Don't care about the lions at all. No. Humans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really, right. Really invested in humans. Let's 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 focus on some humans. Uh, a lot of a lot of humans getting or or possibly being murdered by uh police i think so uh yeah and so let's i think we should maybe focus on that a little more yeah what do you think about hillary clinton she's coming out she's pretending to be um down with the black people and i say that because this is how she's i'm down she has a uh there's a vine of her uh there's these new cozies cozies when you put your beer in something and you want it to stay cold, you put it in a koozie. And there's these uh, Chillery Clintons, oh, Chillery wow. Clinton koozies. And then she has a little vine where she says, I'm just chilling. I think it was in, what, New Hampshire or something like that. She's pathetic and she panders and she's uh, she's awful. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. The Clinton administration put more black people in prison than any administration in history. They're awful. What do you think about her pandering to you, uh, to uh, to black folks? Um. I'm not a political guy, man. I don't. I don't believe. I'm. I'm just skeptical of all politicians. Good. Um, I. I care about like human issues. You mm-hmm. know, I care about people that are within my immediate circle, and if I'm in a position to uh, influence their lives positively, then I will. But I don't think politics is. I think it's it's all lies. Politicians will do whatever they have to do in order to get elected and they'll lie and they'll pander Mm -hmm. and it's nothing new and i don't believe in it and i don't adhere to the effectiveness of or the supposed effectiveness of politicians did you like the eight years of uh barack obama um you know he tried i i I question what power he actually had right um, but you know he made it seem like he tried these last few uh months though seems like he's uh he's trying to go out with a bang 
He's really focused on prison reform. Yeah, that's very. I'm totally in favor yes. of Obama's prison reform. This is one of the. If I have to defend him, that's always my corner. Yeah. That's always what I go to. Yeah, if I have to defend, I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, I hope he's able to do something uh, significant in terms of prison reform. Right, but I doubt it. It's possible. They already were able to get crack restrictions down to uh, the same penalty as cocaine, uh, which is very good. Uh, Of course, they released 46 people, I believe it was 46 people, uh, who were imprisoned for very minor drug offenses. But there's millions of people uh, that are in, not millions, there's hundreds of thousands of people that are in prison for minor drug offenses. And at the very least, it's nice to have a president um, who is confronting this issue and having that. Um, as their uh, as their perspective, as opposed to somebody like a Chris Christie who would who would just wants like more. He wants like five million people in prison by the time he's out of office. It's profitable. That chubby bastard. It is very very profitable, but not as profitable as Shakir Stanley's <laughs> stand up <laughs> comedy career is and will be. Thank you. It's great to have you here, Shane. Yeah, man, this is fun. Rest in peace, Cecil. Rest in peace, Jericho. God. Everyone's just dying. But you're right. Humans matter. So take all that en- and, uh, energy, all that anger towards Walter Palmer, uh, channel it towards police reform, towards getting body cameras on all these officers so we see what's going on. And holding them accountable because there have been incidences where we've seen uh, police officers engaged in, you know, clearly inappropriate behavior and they're not being held accountable right oftentimes they escalate the violence and it's not right and it's very bad uh and it's bad police work which is the problem also if you're a campus cop um you know just bust people for drinking in class do they even have guns i don't think so yeah i don't think so all right well well we'll get to the bottom of that on my show, A. Blinken's Top Hat on Cave Comedy Radio. Um, thank you so much for being here, Shaq. Now, Shaq, am I right to say pretty much every Sunday at the Knitting Factory? Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday at the Knitting Factory in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, right near my house. Uh, that show's at 9 p.m.? Yeah. Uh, you can hear Shaq either performing stand-up or DJing. He does both. Yeah. And he does both very, very well. Um, you can find Shakir Stanley on Twitter at... At Shaq, not Shaq. Um, that's... S-H-A-K-N-O-T-S-H-A-Q. And make sure to check out Shakira Stanley on Last Comic Standing this Wednesday. He's going to be ruining people's shots, <laughs> taking away all their fame. That's what I do. I love it. All right. Thank you so much, Mike Coscarelli. You're welcome, Bill. Uh, you can find Mike Coscarelli on Twitter at Mike Coscarelli. Yeah. Of course, you can also listen to his great podcast, Social Villains. And, Mike, how is the podcast network coming? Better. We got we're a lot of progress. We are expecting right. to get... A uh, bunch of new podcasts from a lot of comics out in uh, about two months. So we figure early uh, early October. All right. That sounds great. I look forward to listening to those. Of course, I am on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Check out my other shows on Cave Comedy Radio, A Blinken's Top at the Roundtable of Gentlemen, and the last podcast on the left. And we'll talk to you soon. See ya.